information you can trust, stories you can relate to, and tips and tactics you can apply on your next adventure. Hunting, fishing, camping, and everything in between. This is the Battle Mountain Podcast. Well, thanks for tuning in to the podcast, everybody. I have Sawyer Peacock sitting across the table from me, and we are going to chat probably about whatever we end up talking about, but we're going to start with cameras. We're going to talk a little bit about maybe some unfortunate times when we may not have pressed record when we should have or, or whatever else, but first off, just want everybody to know I am at the draw booth. I really appreciate Jordan, Jason, and a bunch of everybody else letting us do the podcast here. They operate a tag application service, and if you know if you're looking for any type of applications, questions, where to apply, you know which states, whatever else, these guys know their stuff, and they'd be more than happy to help you out. So be sure to check them out. Instagram, it's we are the draw, and uh, he has a fancy phone number that ends in one two three four. Might be on one of these boards actually. <laughs> yep, it is five seven five two 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 one two three four. Um, yeah, yeah, but uh, Jordan is Jordan is a good dude, and thank God he knows a lot of shit. Oh man, you better have an hour to talk because you're gonna you're gonna talk about hunting. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. Speaking of Jordan, because we've talked a lot on the phone, and we typically get on the phone via text. It's yeah. like, hey, give me a call. We got this. And before both of us know it, we've been on the phone for two hours, uh-huh. and we haven't covered anything that we were supposed to cover. Yep, the last three minutes of phone calls, hey, oh, are you going to put me in for Arizona? Yeah, I got you. And then we're done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just, he's a blast to chat with. But anyways, yeah, I think it would, would be kind of fun to kind of start this off with with maybe some, some camera mishaps and some things that, because, well, I guess, give, give the audience a little bit of background about what you do, and... Let them all. I mean, not just camera stuff, because I know you do other stuff as well. So yeah. let it, let everybody know kind of what you do, and then we can dive into yeah, absolutely. Camera so my stuff. name is Sawyer Peacock, um, Utah resident here, and I own um, a few companies. Um, my main one being a company called Outdoor Threads Box. We send out hunting gear, apparel, things like that. It's a subscription box type. Um, my other main company is I own Peacock Productions, which is a, a film, you know, production agency, and we do. Hunts. So I get to travel around, film hunts. Um, we do mostly international kind of stuff um, compared to, you know, locals. But so I, I've traveled the world filming hunts um, that otherwise I probably wouldn't have ever been able to go on. Right. Right. So. That, that's one thing. Maybe I'll wait till this guy's done chatting. Yeah. John Bear's got the loudest voice ever. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just a lot louder than us talking into yep. our microphone. So anyway, sorry about that, everybody. I might even edit that out. Probably not, but <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's one thing that I've noticed as well. And and I I don't think I've been doing it as long as you have, but yeah. still, it's it's cool. The doors it opens as far as as far as traveling. I mean, if anyone wants to tell you that going and filming a hunt or guiding a hunt is the same as being the hunter, it's because they haven't been in the position of not being the hunter. Exactly. Because it's not. It's very different, but. You still get to go on some pretty cool stuff. Yep. I always say, I always say, the hunter pulls the trigger, I hit record. Right. You know, I got to work just as hard as they do. Right. Exactly. And, but at the end of the day, it's it's like, man, I've been I've been on 15 filmed hunts this year, and I've got to watch a lot of stuff die, but I'm still got an itchy yeah, trigger finger. I still finger. got an itch. I still got an itch. <laughs> yeah, because it's not. It's like. 
yep. you're there, you're part of it, but it's just not like when yep. you pulled that trigger. Yep. It know? is a complete adrenaline rush, though. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I live for it. I, I might honestly get more shaky when I'm holding oh, the camera absolutely. than when I'm, I'm a with the one with the bow. I'm 100% a mess. <laughs> it fall apart. <laughs> yeah, so with that, with being a mess, what are what's a, what's a few of the times that, that you've just been like, oh, shit, I didn't do this or I didn't do that or what was it? You know, the one that gets me the most, and I shouldn't say the most because I don't do it very often. You know, I mean, it's once every few years, but I get so caught up in the moment that I'll, like, forget to turn my mic on. And so right. they, they shoot, and the footage looks absolutely amazing, <clears throat> but we've got zero sound. They're turning around, high five, you know, everything, and I've got zero sound. I'm like, well, shit. So then I end up recreating, you know, doing stuff. Um, I haven't had, luckily, any complete mishaps where I've, like, missed the kill shot or anything like that. I did just film a hunt um, for Kuyu, the ultralight hunting camo. And, you know, one of my bigger clients, right, obviously. Right. And we were on a, a doll sheep hunt. is an epic story. We're about to release a film. It's one of my favorite films we've done. And it just wasn't going to work for me to film the kill shot unfortunately it was just too tight a situation we were pinned down by rams day six if we blow these rams out You're we're gone. moving to you know just one of those situations <laughs> where it didn't work out but it turned out pretty cool because i was able to sit back with the long lens and film the hunter and the guide instead of the animal and so i got their complete reaction which now you know in the moment i was like mess this up big time whoops but now that i go back and watch the films it almost added something to it because it put it more on the hunter's emotion compared to just shooting a ram right so that right. was a mishap that has fortunately turned out to be you know a good one that i was like hey that that'll work it looks good i haven't had anything too crazy back in the days when i was filming weddings i definitely had a lot of mishaps you know missing <laughs> the shot you know didn't get them kissing the bride or things like that and obviously not recreating that you know so the i do moments brutal mishaps and then you got to deal with the mother-in-laws and all that but luckily i'm out of the wedding scene that was back in my college days so i don't have to deal with that anymore but um nothing Nothing that's been, like, terrifying, but a lot of audio, you know, or shooting the audio too hot because things go crazy. The guns start blowing off. I'm turning up and down audio. So a few mishaps there. Right. And what, what I notice, and, and I probably just need to run a different shotgun mic, like a deity yeah. shotgun mic. I mean, that, I mean, that's such a cool concept to have a microphone that's on when the camera's on. Yep. And then when you turn the camera off, it's off. Yep. I, I honestly need to probably just get one of those. Absolutely. I am, I'm honestly worried about being out there and the battery in the Rode Micro dying. Exactly. That's why I'm always turning it off. And they last forever, but when you're on a 12-day sheep hunt, you're worried about that kind of stuff. You are. You are. And, and in, the, the, in the heat of the moment, if you ever do need to change out a battery, those things are a pain in the ass oh, to change the batteries brutal. on. Yeah, there's no quick doing that. <laughs> no. I mean, you got to take off gloves and sit down for a half hour to figure it out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that that's why I, I, I just need to get one of those DDs. Because yep. uh, yep. then I would be way less worried about it. Yep. But, the I, you know, I had, I had a hunt where same thing, person shoots it, and I'm thinking to myself I'm like kind of filming it and I the microphone was turned on but the connection was jacked oh, up oh no so it wasn't even and that specific camera it doesn't have a headphone jack so yeah. I 
I can't, I can't, can't even plug it. Yeah, can't tell. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just like filming, and then I just, I don't even know why I did it. But thank God I did. Yeah. I just like kind of look down, and I'm like, oh, just make sure that's in. And and luckily, I, I didn't miss hardly anything. But, yeah. oh. Terrifying. Yeah. I, and I started rewatching that footage so yeah. I could do my edit, man. And I was looking at it, and I was like, there's no audio. Yeah. There, and then audio clicks on. It's like, thank yep. God. <laughs> and these people are spending so much money to have that animal, so much money to have you there. And it's like, I had one job. You know, I had <laughs> one job. Make sure it was recording the audio was on. But things happen, you know, especially when you're hiking. There's the animal cluster, you know. Right, but. right. And and luckily, mine, I had, um, I, I typically, I, I don't know what you do. It would be interesting to hear what you do. But I, I, I typically have like a main camera, say, on the yep. animal. And then I'm running another type of DSLR yep. on the hunter. And one thing that I've noticed that is really nice that at least if you screw up on one audio or something, you You've typically backup. have the backup. Absolutely. Um, so that's a plus, right? Yeah. But other than that, honestly, I've I had one time and it was on my own hunt yep. that I didn't I double tapped record. Uh-huh. I'm in the stock, I'm bow hunting antelope. So it all happens quick as yep. you know. And I come up over this rise and that antelope stand there's like 74 yards and I zoom in on him and I am thinking to myself, this is great. Yeah. You know, and I draw back and I just hammer this thing. Yeah. And he turns, takes off running, and I'm panning. I'm like falling. I'm like, oh, this is going great. There's blood Not coming record. out. There's blood coming out. He disappears. I'm like, oh, yeah. I look down. It says STBY. Yep. <laughs> yep. The letters you never want to see in that situation. No. And they're white and not red. You're in trouble. I, I was so mad. I go walking back to the vehicle. And my mom, my dad, my wife, and my little boy are all in the oh, car. Man. And they're, like, looking at me. Like, well, you don't look happy. What happened? Did you not, did you not shoot him? Did you miss? What, what happened? Oh, no, I killed him. He's dead. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't get on camera. I'm so pissed right now. <laughs> yep. Yep. It happens, unfortunately. <laughs> and it's one little button. One little button. It causes all that pain and misery. Right. It's just... Uh, I don't know. One thing I did, and, and it'd be interesting to hear kind of. Wait on this guy again. He has my attention. Another yep. another lost young man. 12-year-old Dallin Olson. He's wearing a shirt, American flanger, flank, and He's about five foot three, 160 pounds, huh. and he's wearing glasses. About like every other 12-year-old here. Yeah, that's a big 12-year-old. What they please bring to the Sportsman's Official Wildlife booth at the front doors. Man, that's always scary. Yeah. You have kids, right? Two of them. <clears throat> Yep, one more coming in a few months. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's cool. It. Yeah, I just had one of mine is seven. Okay. And the yeah. other one just turned one oh, back fun. at the end of December. But right on. that's always been, honestly, and this is completely off subject, but yeah. that's, for a parent, that's nerve-wracking as hell. Oh, I'm like always. Losing your kid. Yeah. Oh, I'm like always looking around like, Terrifying. where'd you go? Where'd yeah, you go? Tied to my hip. <laughs> yeah. Nope. You can't get out and walk. Exactly. You're sitting in the stroller. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know where the stroller is. Yep. But, yep. but anyways, so um, I guess for what, what kind of cameras do you typically run? So I run the Sony Alpha series. So I okay. have an A7R2 and an A7S2. Um, 
I use my R's primarily. Man, this kid's really lost. Now we're asking for somebody else. Dude, I have right. seen yeah. more beards. Oh man! In this, unbelievable. It's like it's like a thing right now. Twelve dollars too. It's gotta be a thing. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, I run the Sony A7S2, A7R2. I run the R for photos, S for video, um, and I always have both of them strapped, right. you know, ready to roll. So that way, if I do need to turn on the R for for video or a second, you know, option. So yeah, been running Sony now for three years. Okay. Um, gonna have a hard time ever switching away from them. Just lightweight, durable, battery life's decent. Yeah. And the quality is just unbelievable. Right. I have, uh, I've been running Sony the whole time. Yeah. So, so if somebody hands me, honestly, like a Canon or somebody, I, I, yeah. you know, I could take a picture or whatever, but as far as like actually getting into the settings, yeah. it's a struggle. Yeah. And I honestly, like, I feel so novice when I grab, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. I pick up another camera and I'm like, huh. Like what? a Nikon, because Nikon has 700 buttons on one. And I'm like, what is this? I'm like, where's the ISO? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's terrible. No, no, I mean, honestly, not, not that I'm absolutely amazing at running a Sony, but I'll do okay. I'm pretty quick. Yeah. yeah, pretty quick. But it just, uh, you know, I run, I have a Sony a7 III. Yep. And uh, I have my very first camera I ever got was a Sony a6300. Yep. And I typically utilize the a6300 for second angle shots yeah. and whatnot, and then the a7 III. Um, and well, I noticed one thing on that A's, on the a6300 because it's obviously their lower end. Yeah, I mean, everybody starts with that one. It's yeah, one. yeah. And I noticed that their the damn record button is in that divot. Yep, it's in a terrible spot. Terrible spot. That's found good. The kid. That's <laughs> awesome. They found the kid. I mean, seriously, that, that just freaks me out. Yeah. But anyways, it's in a terrible spot. So I, um, I actually reprogram the camera so that the the autofocus lock and whatnot that little button that's yep. in the middle of that toggle yep. is able to press record too and that helped a bunch yep. but so what uh let's let's kind of run through some scenarios yeah. on on like as far as like different type of lenses you might typically okay. be utilizing so let's say let's say like on on your average archery hunt what kind of lenses are you typically running? So I'm going to take three with me. Um, on my A7R2, I keep a 50 millimeter prime lens okay. at all times. Um, and, and for people list, uh, listening that maybe they're like, well, what the hell's a prime? Prime just means it's always 50 millimeters. Yeah, there's no zoom there's on no it. Zoom, it, just, it. It just is in that same. point. And 50 is about as close as you can get to your normal eye view. Right. I think they say it's like 48 or, I mean, somewhere in there is what your normal eye sees. Yep, um, very close. Yep. So it, it creates very realistic pictures. It's not distorting anything. So for photos, that's what I have. It's a 1.8 aperture, so I can drop it down, get some really so fast, really crisp pictures that are just phenomenal. Um, so I'll keep that on my R unless I need to like get a long range picture or something. Then my next lens that I'm going to keep on my video or on the A7S at all times is going to be a 16 to 35. Um, okay. I just run the F4. They do have now a 2.8. It came out after I bought it. Both are phenomenal lenses. So it's a wide angle lens. Um, I try not to drop it beneath about 20 because then I don't I don't want to pull a fisheye look when I'm right, filming. Right. But that allows me if I'm close, you know, if I'm within five, ten yards. They didn't even get us a beer. They went got seven of them. Oh, Jesus. Is this? <laughs> you guys get split he says. <laughs> 
So, I mean, I try not to to go too low because I don't want to create a fisheye look, obviously. Um, so that's going to be for most of my interviews, for all, like, the, the bow shots, anything close, walking. And then I'll have a 70 to 200, and I actually just purchased a 200 to 600 that I haven't tried yet so i can't testify against it <laughs> right or right. with it but the new the new one that the just new, came out yeah the new sony one so I'll is run it that. huge it's massive man <laughs> it's so heavy it's so heavy so it'll be cool but it's going to be a pain in the ass okay um so yeah i'll run that 70 to 200 for like kill shots um because you can magnify in if i cut down to uh um 120 frames a second in camera on that so it's actually going to even crop it in even further so it turns into like a 320 millimeter right, lens right. Um, so I'll run those um, so those are my three main lenses 99% of filming's done with that 16 to 35 gotcha so, so with your uh, 200 to 600 are you using that on archery hunts as well or is that more of your rifle hunt type probably lens? more of a rifle because it's so big yeah the I, 70 to 200 I mean, Dude, you can zoom in on 100 my, yards, and nobody's shooting further than 60 with that a bow. Is like, yeah. uh, that that 7200 2.8 is it's just like... A perfect lens. Oh. It's a little big. Um, I actually switched from the 2.8 to the F4 uh-huh. because the F4 has internal zoom. Well, I shouldn't say internal zoom. Basically, in the, in the 2.8, when you zoom out, the whole lens extends. The F4, it's all internal, so the lens stays the same size. So it's a little bit easier to handle. Obviously, in low light, it's not as great. But with Sony's, you don't really have to worry too much. You know, the difference between a, a 2.8 and an F4 isn't anything as, as big. Yeah. yeah. You know, and actually, I and it, I don't know how long. Are, do you own the lens, the 2.8 lens? Yes. Or, okay. The one I rented this past year, it didn't extend. Okay, really? And, and so I don't, it, I don't know if that I rented yeah, it, so yeah. I don't know how new it was. Yeah. To I them. mean, this one I have is ancient. You know, right, I've had forever. Right. So. Yeah. And. And because I've had the lenses like you're talking, where they actually physically yeah, extend. Yeah. And man, when you walk with them, they extend. Yeah, when you hang them over your shoulder. Oh. Yeah, I had a, I had a Sigma 50 <clears throat> to 500 when I first started. That was always doing that slide now, and the lock would never stick, and you know it's kind of a pain in the ass. But yeah, so I those are my main lenses um, for archery. You know, and it doesn't change much with a rifle hunt, right. except maybe a little bit longer lens. I do keep. Um, I have a Sony. I think it's called the PXW70. It's just like a handheld recorder like a handy cam type yeah, thing yeah yeah it's a little you know it has a little bit more of like personalized or i shouldn't say you can like you run this. the iso and things i'm good um <laughs> i already had one you already had one huh? yeah um so i'll run those um but honestly i mean most shots are under 350 <clears throat> yards if it gets past that i'll run a phone scope setup um that that was my you know. next question um i guess i'll jump into what some of my favorite lenses yeah um my favorite lens by far is the the seventy two hundred two point eight. Yeah. I, I I run that lens. I I ran it once this year on a doubler. I wasn't overly fond yeah, of that. Yeah, I don't totally love the doublers. Yeah, and I had never used one, yeah. so I was like, you know what? Let's see what happens. Yeah. And I wasn't overly. Just pulls fond a of little it. bit of the quality out. It, I think, it does that for and, me personally. And it's obviously it's no longer a two point eight then. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And and that was that was something that. I, because I, I had never used one, I assumed that's what it would be, but I was just yep. like, nah, we're going to try one anyway. Yep. Let's see what happens. And so I wasn't impressed with the doubler. Um, but, uh, and then, so uh, so that's usually what's on my main camera, yeah. 7200. Yep. And then what I run on my secondary camera, um, as you know, the 6300 is APS-C. Yep. But I used a, um, I think it was 50, it was either 15 or 18. 
to 55, 2.8. And I was super impressed with yeah. that little lens. It would have been I, it would have been the eighteen to fifty five. They're yeah. slick lenses. I was just like, because I hadn't really done since I got the A seven three. I kind of didn't do much with yeah. the six three hundred anymore. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? That's a hell of a lot better backup camera than like trying to use a cell phone or something yeah. like that. So I was like, let's try one of these. Lenses. And I was pleasantly impressed with yeah. that lens. Yeah, I they really do was. great. In fact, I ran the 6300 for a while while I was waiting to purchase the, the 7. I mean, they're good cameras, especially right. that's like one of the number one when people say, hey, I need to purchase, you know, I'm going to get into the hunting. That's pretty good recommendation. Right. Absolutely. And, and they're, they're not going to break the bank exactly. either, you know. Um, so what, you know, I, I know you just got your, is it 200 to 600 or 400 to 600? This one is the 200 to 600 right and they just barely came out with it i haven't used it yet what would you think of instead of having that lens taking and getting like have you seen the swarovski adapter that actually hooks to the a7 iii yes and i've used them um they're good a phone scope is quicker right um and Obviously, if you attach that, you can use a little bit more with your ISO and your. But the focusing can get a little tricky sometimes really? as well. Now, like I said, they're good, but then I got to be taking lenses. It's just another a thing to attach. Where my phone's already got the phone scope on it and slap right. it on, and it goes. You and know, phone and, scope does such a good and job. And the new iPhones, I mean, people never know the difference. Right. It's unbelievable. I, yeah, it, it it honestly it does it blows me away yeah. the type of footage that you get yep. through. Uh, through the spotting scope, yeah, it's incredible. IPhone. It kind of pisses you off. It does. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like I was in I was in Pakistan earlier this year filming, and I was taking you know pictures. The the sun was really harsh. It was kind of a rough terrain, and kept looking. I wasn't happy, and I pulled out my iPhone and took a picture. And I'm like, well, this sucks. You know, I've got and a six thousand dollar setup here, and my and, my iPhone and just my took iPhone a better picture. Looks better. I'll show you yeah. this picture here, and for anybody that wants to see it, it's one that I took uh, of a Utah moose. This is through one of the barrels of my binoculars yeah. at like 115 yards with my iPhone. Yeah, I mean, it's phenomenal. It's just never like, what the? Yeah, it pisses you off. And you're like, well, $1,000 iPhone just took a better picture. <laughs> yeah. You know. And, and then on top of that, you're putting it on something that you already take with you exactly. anyway. Exactly. You know, because people, I mean, that's like my number one most commonly asked question is what you know, I want to get into filming hunts. What camera should I buy? And I'm like, well, what's you know, what's what's your budget? And they always come back, well, three to four hundred dollars. Is it film with your iPhone? <laughs> I mean, it's literally there's people out producing iPhone content that looks phenomenal. Yeah, you can do everything. There's exposure on iPhones now. I mean, it's incredible. You can just use your phone. Right. You spend twelve hundred bucks on a phone. Use that because because yeah. your three hundred dollar camera isn't going to do what the iPhone can do. No, and and unfortunately, and when people always ask me, I honestly I don't even ask their budget. Yeah. I, I don't because I'm like, look, if you truly want to get in this, you're just going to have to shut the hell up yep. and buy something. Like, it's going to cost you money. Yeah. What else you want That's me to tell you? But is. I I tell them I'm like. I, you know, I ask more of like, hey, well, what do you, what are you wanting to film? Like, what, yeah. what do you, are you kind of wanting to do a little bit of vlog type yeah, stuff? Or exactly. You, what, you, and more often than not, I recommend the Sony RX104. Yep. And I don't know if you've used that yeah, thing I at have. all, but dude, I love that yeah. camera. And they're light <laughs> and they're cheap and. Yeah, they're like what, fourteen hundred bucks, yeah. and and it goes all the way to six hundred millimeters, yeah. and. 
So I actually, uh, I used one a bunch when I was filming a couple years ago. And then this year I rented the four yeah. to, to see what it would do. Yeah. And for self-filming. It's better. I wish, it's so much better. Yep. You're not worried about lenses. You're not, and it's so light. Yep. And I just like, I should have done this so yep. long ago. 100%. 100%. What is it? What, I mean. Do you do you think that I mean I think a DSLR is probably a little bit more clear than the, that are For I sure. I think it is, but I think because most TV is still in 1080p. Yep. What is what's your thoughts on? Do you think it's just a lot of hype behind the DSLRs, or do you, or do you think people actually realize that they're more like? What do you think it is? Um. I always tell people if you're going for a cinematic look, a DSLR full frame is going to get you that look right. compared to like a Handycam. Um, you know, you're going to be able to do the rack focusing. And even some of the Handycams can do that now. Um, but as, as far as the quality, I mean, there's so much available in 4K right now, so much available in 1080 that... If the price point isn't there and they don't want to spend the five to ten to fifteen thousand to invest in, you know, a, a mirrorless or a, a DSLR, then I recommend going with, you know, a handycam kind of thing. Just because for what they're wanting it's gonna fit the bill, right? And whereas if you buy a mirrorless DSLR, all of a sudden you've gotta go buy three lenses to achieve what you could do with one handycam. Right. So I mean it's it, they both have their pros and cons. Um, DSLRs, obviously, you've got to know a little bit more. you got to know settings. You know, it's not right. just as easy to turn on audio or on auto and hit record. And give her hell. Yeah. And that's that's for sure. I, I think, you know, anybody that's listening, because probably much like you, there's, I don't, I don't really get a lot of like, well, what lens should I use? The, I get more of like, I think I want to start filming my hunts. What should I get? Exactly. And, and for that person, just like you're saying, like that RX 10.4 or some sort of handy cam yep. type, um, start there yep. for sure because it's and it's just so much easier. You they know, are. like you say, you turn you them ha- on. You turn them record. on. Hit record. You don't have to worry about. Oh, I, maybe I should get this lit or I got dirt on my sensor. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and you're not having to watch your. Yeah, you're not having to watch everything and and <clears throat> always trying to keep everything equal and you know you're not dealing with your personal preferences and stuff like that and having to put s logs on them. So it's just a lot quicker um, and for somebody just wanting to film there and their friends hunt perfect option for somebody wanting to get professional and start doing paid gigs obviously you want to lean them towards the dslr the miller or the mirrorless or you know the reds and stuff like that yeah yeah i i don't know that i could ever talk my wife into letting me get a red oh man and i don't know that i want to i think i would be kind of somewhat scared the the problem with reds so i i don't know much about them i've been on a hunt where we brought one and they have a 30 second startup time so by the time you turn it on to the time you, you can hit record, the it's going on, 30 huh? seconds. <laughs> I mean, and that is killer in this industry. You don't have 30 seconds. So that's one main reason. You almost need two people to run one, um, one to watch your audio. They overheat really bad. They're heavy. They're big. But the footage is obviously amazing. So if you're in a controlled yeah. environment, say, like a stand or like something like that, blind, yeah, probably, yeah. they would be okay. But if you're running gunning, which 90% of the time I'm doing, they're right. they're not practical you're anyway. And you wolf. are scared shitless you're about to break a $40,000 camera. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> there goes a truck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because I drop my cameras all the time. Oh, me too, man. I, this year in New Mexico, I, I don't even remember. I thought I had my tripod. Yeah. Set well, yeah. and I hear this crap. 
and I'm like, yep. that, that's never there something. It goes. I turn around, and the lens, like, the camera lens just right on a rock. Yep. Boom, broke that UV filter. I was like, yep. oh, at, at least it was, it was filter. UV filter. At yeah, least like, it was the filter. <laughs> yeah. But, man, I, I don't know. I... There's at the end of the day, there, there's so much stuff out there. There's so many videos to watch. Just, just dive in. Yeah, B- before I mean, you I, spend the money. Yeah. I, I mean, I, everything I learned pretty much came off YouTube, and then just going out and trying it. What? So, you know. what about audio? Like, are you, you know, are you typically running like a several channel mixer and and micro- wireless mics? You just got wireless mics. Yeah. So mic? I run a, mi- a wireless uh, lav. So I'll put one on the hunter, one on the guide, um, and it's just the Roadlink Pro. You know, I think they're three hundred fifty bucks, something like that. Um, and then I'll just run a pair of headphones so I can watch it. The only downside to those is if you're doing a, like a lot of walking or hiking, you catch a lot of heavy breathing. Um, right. So if it's in a situation where I want to get some more natural <laughs> sounds, I'll just put a, a shotgun mic, you know, just your regular Rode Pro, put it out the top, and you can th- – those are good. Tough for a situation where – if I'm filming back 50 yards trying to get them walking and they're talking to the guide, you're not going to pick anything up. So that's where the lobs come in handy. Right. Um, there is options where you can run both. Um, at the same time, I just need to look into that. You know, it's just one of those things where I've been running these for years and they work great. So Right. Well, and I have looked into it, man. I really have. And and I just look at the unit. <clears throat> it's, it's almost a unit as big as this Zoom. Yeah. And I think to myself, I'm like, Man, do I really want to try and figure out a way to hang that off the side uh, of my camera or whatever exactly. else? And and I just yeah. Then you got to get a box for your camera and and, yeah. and I I run a cage on it to to hang mics on and stuff. But also too, I'm like you know I drop this thing so uh-huh. much it might be kind of nice to have that. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> but I I remember the first time I saw a camera cage, I just like walked up and I was like, what what is that yeah, thing yeah. on your camera? That's yep. awesome. Yep. <laughs> Big metal protection bar. Yeah. A, they call them the roll bars. There you go. There you go. But, I, you know, if there was an easy way to put something like this where you could literally have two lav mics, maybe even three, and then a shotgun mic getting am- like, Yep. Man, that would be, be golden. It would be so golden. golden. And I, I, like I said, I was looking at a unit that actually will timestamp, okay. and when you start recording, it will start recording. Awesome. And I was like... That would be excellent, but again, you're like, where the hell do I put it? Yeah, yeah. And am I gonna? I you could maybe you could put it on like one of those capture camera. Just another clips or one something. of those things you got to carry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As if we don't already have exactly. enough. Exactly. Exactly. As if we don't already have enough. But so, do you do you have something that's that's you're kind of partial to filming, or maybe is your favorite type of hunt to film? Man, I love sheep hunts. Really? Yeah, yeah I've filmed. I mean, I don't even know if I could put a number. Maybe seven, eight, nine, ten sheep hunts. Uh-huh. Um, those are always special because there's a lot of work that goes into them, not even just on the hunt but beforehand. You know, it's obviously a huge financial commitment. Um, and I've filmed people that it's their first and only sheep. I've filmed people's grand slam. Um, so sheep hunts are super special in the way that you got to work your ass off. Yeah. I've never been on a sheep hunt where there's not – a terrible vertical climb involved, you know, which at the end you always end up loving. You don't love it at the time. Right. So sheep hunts are just cool in that aspect is they're, I mean, to me, a king is the sheep of the mountain. So yeah, yeah. to go through that and watch people accomplish that goal is probably one of my favorite things to film. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I was on, 
I filmed a sheep hunt. It was a huge sheep hunt. Yeah. And uh, we didn't end up getting one, but it's, I mean, it's really no big deal. But it, it was still cool because even when it's you, you're still in that country. Yeah, and you you're, know? You're, you're hunting where sheep live, which is incredible yeah. country. I was giving you shit. <laughs> it's going to uh, get warm. It's going to get warm, and it's just going to sit here. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about so you know we're I don't even did we mention we're at the Western Hunt Expo 2020? Yeah, it seems like literally just yesterday it was 2019 yep. Western Hunt Expo. Yeah, um, but some some gentleman came by and and was gracious enough to set a Bud Light down, which it's not that I'm opposed to drinking, but I don't drink a whole lot of beer. I don't really like the taste of good. beer, <laughs> especially when they're twelve dollars. Yeah, that makes it even worse. But anyways, so. What, uh, have you tried different types of memory cards? You know, I've been pretty stuck on Velocity Ruggeds for about five years now. Um, they're doing good. I finally had my first fault with one on a previous hunt in Hawaii about a month ago. Uh-huh. Um, where I was filming and I could hear some cracking through my headphones and I th- you know, I thought it was maybe an audio problem, so I pulled the card out, put it in a laptop, and it was showing almost like a rainbow glitch on the screen. Holy and shit. I thought it was my camera, and I'm like, shit, I didn't bring a spare camera. And so I freaking out, put the SD card in, same thing, rainbow. So pulled it out, and this is a brand new card. Um, slid another new card in there, fixed the problem. So that's the only glitch I've had with them. They're pretty tough and durable as far as, like, getting moisture and stuff in them. Um but, yeah, I've been running the Velocity Ruggeds. They're a little pricey, unfortunately, but they're <clears throat> tough as hell, and they're readily available. I've had a lot of broadheads where you're or, – or not broadheads, <laughs> uh, SD cards where you're ordering them, and they take a few weeks, and just kind of a mess. I don't even know what this is. I'm running a uh, uh, Lexar. Oh, Lexar, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and the SDX2. Yeah. You know. I mean, that the, one's running – Right in 300 megabytes, so it's plenty quick. That's the other thing is with these cameras and running 4K, they got to be pretty darn fast. Right, right, and I and I, that's kind of where I was going with that. Is I was wondering if you had really noticed much different by not having a $150 SD card as opposed to a $40. You know, I couldn't say because I've always ran the $150 ones. You right. know, so I mean. And, and there is even times where I have to take time, like if it, you know, between viewing pictures, that, that it's taken time to write down or something like that. Um, I have put in like in a pinch somebody's like trail camera, you know, SD card. I'm like, hey, I need an SD card now, and they just won't even work <laughs> with the camera. Right. Um, so I mean, I've just I've probably got two terabytes worth of SD cards that are just always on stock and always ready. You know that, so I just don't run out. So what what kind of things do you do for um, for data storage or management when you're on, say, that 12 day hunt or whatever? Um, so I have I bring two waterproof containers, um, and I film only on 64 gigs. Um, I don't film on any 128 because the problem I see with that is if I'm filming on 128s, I could get two <laughs> or three days of footage out of that, and. <laughs> If I lose that card or something happens that card, I'm screwed. Whereas if I'm filming with the 64, that's only going to last me a day. And if something happens that card, I only lost a day. Now, thankfully, I, I, you know, I've never lost right, a card right. or something hasn't happened to it like that. But I, 
I, so I film on 64s for that reason, just so I can keep everything separated. So when I'm done filming with that card on that day, I, 90% of the time I don't have a laptop, right? I'll put it straight into that other um, uh, waterproof, box. waterproof box. It's locked, and I keep <clears throat> it, like, in the tent. I don't take it out hiking with me, anything like that, yeah. because if it falls out, anything. And then as soon as we start, like, the travel home, I put it in my pocket of my pants, and it doesn't leave there. Airplane, everything. Right. It doesn't leave my side because that's – the number one thing that terrifies me is like losing a client's footage right you know i mean you'd feel terrible obviously there's a, a financial commitment involved there right um so i keep them with me at all times as soon as we start the travel home and then as soon as i get home um i have three separate um, hard drive external hard drives separated all out and downloaded to all three so i have several backups right so that's yeah like what i started what i did this last year is i actually packed my laptop in there yeah because I just thought to myself, I was like, and, and I haven't been in that situation, knock on wood. Yeah. But I don't even know, at that point, I don't know what you would even do. You know, I, I, It's not I, much you can do. I, but I, would, I wouldn't feel right charging them. Yeah, at exactly. That, you know, I'd be like, I lost your footage, but I, I don't know what to do. Yeah, I'm not going to exactly. charge you. Just, that's all I can say. Yep. But I got one of those, uh, those SanDisk Extremes. Yep. Um, two terabytes is crazy. Yep. You know, two terabytes is as big as a credit yeah, card now. Unbelievable. <laughs> I remember. You used to have to carry around a whole computer. Yeah, I remember I had literally that. I had four terabytes, and it's like this brick, like as big as this battery thing. Yeah. And I, I, I ordered that, and it showed up in the mail, and it was as big as a credit card. And it's like, this will work for yeah. me. This is perfect. Absolutely. And what I, so what I did every evening is I would back up the footage and I would save it in two files. I would save one file of the exact footage on my desktop and then one on that portable SD so that I had yep. it in two spots already. Yep. And I don't know I don't know maybe uh, I don't know if there's a better way to do it to to have two copies is yeah. what I'm getting at, you yeah. know. Cuz like what you're doing obviously that works and and I, but I just mean, I don't know if there's a better way to have two copies. Like, have you seen the Narbox or whatever that is? Is that the one where you can, like, download it in the field straight to the... Yeah, like, so you supposedly, I don't know a ton about it, but it seems like you literally... Grandmother's worried sick. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, the, the way I understood it is... You take your SD card out, you yeah. plug it into this deal, and it automatically backs up whatever's on that SD card into yep. this other kind of a hard drive. Basically. So we've okay. we've used something similar to that, and and I couldn't even tell you what brand it was. But the problem we ran in is it was extremely slow. Gotcha. I mean, it was hours and hours and hours to back up one, and huh. you still don't know if it's backed up because there's no screen or anything to tell. Right. You know, it just says it's backed up, and you're like, well, I hope so. You know, and obviously, you're not going <laughs> to yeah. format that card out in the field, but <laughs> and, and I get nervous doing that kind of stuff in the field where I can't physically see what's going on because, like, what happens if it glitched somewhere in there and erased part of the thing, you know? So I steer away from that a little bit, one, because it's just another thing to have out there, and a lot of these hunts you're weight-restricted. Um, yeah. And yeah. two is because I can't physically see, like, that those files have dropped over, if no, that makes sense. No, that makes perfect sense because that, that was one of my – that's why I brought up. I was curious if you'd use them because yeah. I thought the same thing. I'm thinking to myself, well, if you plug it in and it says it's transferred yeah. – it's, I mean, especially that was the huge plus of having the computer there. Yeah, I could check, obviously. But yeah. if you're literally just saying, you're just banking everything on, yeah, it says it's transferred. 
You hope. Yeah. Yeah. No shit. Yeah, you hope. And so, <clears throat> and then maybe, you know, maybe maybe you do that, and then you still put your card in your box, and then hopefully you have it in two places. But yeah, exactly. Man, I just, I'm just, just the thought, like you said, of losing, of losing that something. footage. Holy shit. And it gives me anxiety every hunt. You know, I'm like, <laughs> oh, like always touching yeah. my leg, like, are my cards still there? Cards still there? <laughs> Where'd they go? Yeah. Where'd they go? Look like an addict, you know, just <laughs> touching myself. Crap, they're still there. Okay, you're good. <laughs> Uh, so, are, do you typically do the editing for for uh, whoever you film for? I as do well? not. So I film for the experience, um, and we have, I mean, kind of our own little secret because we have a lot. Of, like our videos are different than from your traditional hunting video. Okay. And people are always like, "How do you do that?" So we have editors um, that work for us, you know, in house that are not hunters. Gotcha. You know, and it just adds. Then, then a hunter isn't taking somebody else's hunting video and almost turning it into their story. It's somebody that literally knows nothing about hunting, and they can turn it into a cinematic movie. Right. Compared to right. just a, another whitetail hunt or whatever it is, you know, mm-hmm. whatever we're filming. So that's kind of our little thing that we we find out that works good for us. Um, we're able to produce different content than and then other people using that way so right yeah no that's cool because I, I mean that's <clears throat> that leads me right into my next question so when you dump it onto your three hard drives yeah are you just mailing one of those hard drives off to your editors or, or do they live in the same town they i'm live not in the sure same town. gotcha yeah. okay cool yeah. so i just go drop it off kind of a thing cool yeah. well that's sweet man well is there any type of well, i guess one cool thing to talk about real quick is is how you're holding two cameras. I mean, you're using. Are you using like a Peak Design type clip or? Um, or? So I use the Cotton Carrier system. Okay. Um, I ran the Peak Design for a little while. The only thing I don't like is having anything strapped to my backpack because there's a lot of times where we're running and dumping, you know, dropping the backpack and going 50 more yards. Yep. So I don't like to have any of my stuff hooked to my backpack. Um, so I run a, a Cotton Carrier system. I have a chest <laughs> strap. Um, looks almost like a bino harness without the pouch okay it, it's very similar to a peak design where it just slides in um super quick release they're super fast super safe for your cameras and then they have a shoulder strap as well that i'll run um it's never easy or i, I shouldn't say it's not it's not that it's hard but it's always a pain in the ass to have two on you at one time right um, right but that's the best system that i've found and are you run, so you run your main camera typically on a tripod as well Yes, I have a tripod with me. I freehand a lot of stuff. Cool. Um, sometimes I go to a monopod. Sometimes I have a, a stabilizer, you know, like a, a gimbal. Um, obviously, for kill shots, we're pulling out tripods. Right. But I don't use tripod too much because a lot of times we're hiking, 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 stop for two seconds to talk. Hiking, you know, and I don't want to have my tripod out, so it's just in my backpack. Now, that does translate to not always perfectly stable footage as well. Right. But we are hunting and we are hiking so yeah it's yeah. gonna look the way it's gonna look yep, yep. Uh, but no always do have a tripod with me most of the time and the good thing about that wide angle lens is you get away with a lot more shakiness right um compared to if you're running like the 70 to 200 any little shake you're gonna pick that up where the wide angle you can get away with it because there's a broader field of view yep absolutely absolutely man well is is there anything that maybe kind of broadly that you think we might have missed or overlooked no, man. I mean, think the biggest thing is if people want to get into it is there's so much available on YouTube and courses and online courses. And honestly, the big th- biggest thing is, is I would look at somebody's shot on Instagram and I would 
just obsess over it until I figured out how they did it. Right. You know, I would, you know, I'd see that, you know, a long exposure of stars that are moving. I'm like, how did they do this? And I would obsess. And I mean, Google's a great resource to just even, you know, how do you do a long exposure of stars? And then you type in what camera you have. And I mean, there's just literally everything's laid out to do this. And then you go and practice and practice and practice. Yep. And then you know how to do it. And there's so much. And I always tell people, if you're going to get into filming, get into photography first. Because all filming is, is placing a picture, then hitting record. So if you want to make something look cinematic, look as look at it as if you were going to take a photo of that, set it up that way, and then hit record. Right. Um, compared to just the typical hit record film whatever's there kind of a thing yeah so that's how i kind of try to stay cinematic you know i'll look at something man this would look so cool if it was a picture like this you know so, i mean an example you got the bud light sitting here i could just take a, a whole video of us all just sitting here and seeing that or i could do some kind of a rack focus on that and get the bubbles coming yeah. up and you yep. know just make it look different yeah absolutely so. yeah rack focus is yeah. so cool like, rack focuses are Perfect. And it, it, and it's interesting because it's something so simple. Yep. But man, does it help it move that eyeball. Yep. You know. And it just makes everything seem a little more cinematic. Yep. Yep. And for anybody who doesn't know what a rack focus is, it's yeah, where you idea. are focused on something, um, whether it's in the foreground or the background, and you change your focus wheel, whether manually. to come towards you or, yeah, manually to come towards you or away, and it changes the focus to, say, something in the back or something closer to you. So you're just following a focus so it catches your eye and you're seeing something move right exactly well maybe maybe um on another podcast it would be kind of cool to dive into some of the things that that you look for on a shot yeah you know or you know when the hunt starting to unfold when do you decide oh i need to record this okay, I have enough of that, exactly. let's not record it. Yep. And that's like one of the biggest <laughs> things, like if I take on a new client, um, you know, usually by day two, they almost like get on me, they're like, hey man, why aren't you filming this? And as a videographer, we know what needs to go in there, you know? I mean, there's, we're not going to have it recording 24-7, you know, we're hiking through the same stuff for two hours. Right. I need two minutes of that kind yeah. of a thing, you yep. know? Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that would totally be a cool podcast to go over what I'm looking for, what we're looking for when we're walking around, you know, yeah. what makes me stop and say, hey, everybody freeze, we're going to do this. Right. Stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I think yeah. that'd be cool. That'd be cool. And then I could throw in my, my very, very small <laughs> hey, few of cents. I don't know if I have much either. <laughs> well, thanks, man. I, I really appreciate you uh, taking about the last hour out yeah, and just absolutely, man. chatting appreciate with it. me and talking cameras. It was fun. Absolutely. Appreciate it.